Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from our Smoothie King Center studios. I'm Sean Kelly, and we are preparing tonight for a visit from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pelicans and Thunder tonight right here at Smoothie King Center starting at 7 o'clock. We'll talk about that ball game here in just a moment. Otherwise, we have quite a mix for you today on the Black and Blue Report. This is a big-time show as we welcome in Basketball Hall of Famer Joe Dumars today. Louisiana legend, of course, and executive advisor to the ownership still of the Detroit Pistons. We'll ask Joe about his days here in Louisiana about the league in general, and perhaps get an outside thought regarding Anthony Davis. So, big visit with Joe Dumars coming up today. We'll also, on the football side, uh, get you started on your prep for this weekend's game against the Carolina Panthers, as uh, we have a visit from Panthers.com today. Gain some perspective on what's going on with Carolina. They're in the middle of a long losing streak right now, having lost to the Vikings in a somewhat freaky fashion uh, this past weekend in frigid temperatures up in Minneapolis. So we'll focus in on that. And then to start off our guest list today, we go a little pop culture. Um, and as we like to tie pop culture into whether it be the Saints or the Pelicans, we welcome in for the first time today, Willie Robertson. That's right, the uh, lead guy for Duck Commander. But you obviously know him from Duck Dynasty. And uh, there are a few more things that Willie's got his hands in on now, including college football and uh, off-Broadway musicals, too. Uh, (laughs) Yes, uh, the Duck Dynasty empire continues to grow. So we will have a great visit with uh, Willie here just uh, in a moment. Uh, First things first, though, let's talk basketball just for a moment and uh, preview, in a sense, tonight's game here at the Smoothie King Center. We're getting word now that uh, Kevin Durant is likely to make his return from injury here tonight in New Orleans. Of course, the reigning MVP will lead the Thunder in with a record at 5-12, and 12, and that record is indicative of what the Thunder have gone through with injuries so far this season. They just now get Durant back. They got Russell Westbrook back late last week. They've had other injuries too, but Westbrook comes back and dumps 32 on the Knicks 
And so he's good to go. We'll see what Durant has for us tonight as well. And uh, while the Thunder are 5-12, and 12, they've been defending and playing very hard here in the first portion of the season for head coach Scott Brooks. As a matter of fact, they've held 11 of their last 12 opponents below 100 points. I bring that up because the Pelicans now are 0-6 when failing to score 100 points, and they're trying to get out of a losing streak here this evening at home. This is a brief visit at home. After this past weekend's road trip out east, the Pelicans leave tomorrow to go out west to face the Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers. So this is a brief stopover here at home in New Orleans, and uh, hopefully we'll have a big crowd tonight and can get back on track against the uh, Thunder. With regards to the losing streak now for the uh, Pelicans, it has reached three games. They've lost four of their last five, and it's offense right now that seems to be the problem. If you look at the last three games, all losses now for New Orleans, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this is kind of an insight as to what's going on. In the first dozen games of the year for the Pelicans, they've averaged 103.9 points per ball game. But in the last three, it's dropped to 86.7. They've had slow starts, probably because of field goal percentage, which has dropped from 46% in their first 12 games to 39.8% in the last three. And the three ball also is failing to go in right now for the uh, Pelicans. As a matter of fact, Tyreek Evans is 0 for his last 11 from three. Ryan Anderson's three ball has been off a little bit, and the impact of losing Eric Gordon in your starting lineup has also been a bit of an issue. We did have news on Sunday that Darius Miller and Patrick Young were both waived by the Pelicans. That roster now stands at 13, so perhaps, and I don't have any news for you this, at this moment as we record the podcast, as to whether or not uh, Dell Demps and his group will be able to uh, bolster the lineup with a roster audition or two. So we'll keep it on that as well. Nonetheless, still, the Pelicans one game below 500 have a chance to get one here against the Thunder tonight and of course Anthony Davis coming off of another great game uh, at D.C. the other night uh, could could and very well uh, should uh, lead the way for the uh, Pelicans tonight. There are some tickets still available for tonight's game. Speaking of Eric Gordon, it is Eric Gordon poster night tonight. The first 5,000 fans in the building will get an Eric Gordon poster and we'll have the broadcast for you on the Pelicans radio network starting at seven o'clock more on that as we get later on in the show i don't want to delay too much longer into our very uh, diverse and uh, good guest list today again basketball hall of famer joe dumars with us here in just a moment we'll talk saints and panthers and when we come back from our first time out we welcome in willie robertson from duck dynasty in just a moment Give the gift of Pelicans basketball this holiday season with the Pelicans Holiday Pack, presented by Adidas. This package includes a ticket to see the Pelicans take on the Lakers and Bulls and starts as low as $45. Plus, if you're one of the first 250 orders, you'll score a $20 gift card to the Pelicans shop by Adidas, located at the Smoothie King Center. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your Pelicans Holiday Pack today. Ho, ho, ho! I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. 
Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Coming up here shortly, Brian Strickland from Panthers.com on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, we'll get into the Saints and Panthers here in just a moment. First, though, on a lighter note, uh, we turn to the pop culture side of our program. And uh, we'll uh, share with you in here in just a second our visit with Willie Robertson of Duck Commander slash Duck Dynasty. Of course, a tremendous Louisiana success story, no doubt. And uh, Sunday, I met Willie for the first time in Pittsburgh, of all places, as uh, the Saints were taking on the Steelers. We got a chance to visit about a number of different things. Of course, uh, his love of the Saints was at the top of our list. And uh, it was it was interesting because uh, Willie and his guest were guests of Ben Roethlisberger at Heinz uh, Field on Sunday. Those two have a long-standing relationship. And Willie, um, Willie was a guest in Ben's suite at Heinz Field. And while... He did have the black and gold rolling. He said he had to, you know, kind of keep it somewhat under wraps as he was a guest of the uh, Steelers quarterback. So he had a wry smile on his face as we visited at halftime during the game. If you remember, the Saints were leading at halftime after a strong finish to the first half. So we stepped out of Ben Roethlisberger's suite and into an equipment closet across the hall for our visit for Black and Blue Report. Um, fitting setting maybe for a guy who is um, – a little rustic by nature, to say the least, but a true gentleman and a great guest for us here this past Sunday. Well, Willie, I didn't think I'd run into you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I guess where the Saints are, you probably aren't too far behind. Yeah, you know, I hadn't been able to go to a lot of games this year uh, because uh, Sadie's been on Dance with the Stars, so I've been in uh, Los Angeles every weekend uh, that I can. We've been filming the show, so uh, yeah, I got this opportunity to come up here to Pittsburgh and uh, uh, my friend Adam LaRoche played for the Pirates, so I used to come up here all the time. It's a great great energy and great place to watch a game. And uh, So, yeah, I, I tagged along here and watching the Saints from the from the suites here. The weather's pretty good, so it's been fun. Yeah, I didn't think on November the 30th that we'd be walking around in a hoodie and a, and a sweater right now. Well, I brought tons of clothes. It looked like I was going duck hunting, but I, uh, I was prepared for it. And then we got here, and it's actually pretty mild and uh, good game so far. Yeah, speaking of, how did we get you out of the woods this time of year? All the guys that I know that, that – hunt either deer ducks whatever I can't find them on weekends well you know I've been hunting a lot of deer this year so I've I've uh, I've gotten quite a few already this year so I had a little little moment here and uh, the duck hunting hadn't been so great at our place so <laughs> I I said I could take off a day and uh, uh, head up here to, to cheer on the Saints now wait a minute hold on whenever you have duck commander right it's supposed to be good anywhere well, you know, it's uh, you know, ducks are funny sometimes uh, when they come through. So we hadn't gotten a big push yet, uh, probably because it's 60 degrees in Pittsburgh, which means in Louisiana you're probably not going to have too many ducks because they're still all up here. So probably the weather's having a lot to do with them, but they'll, they'll come down. Can you believe seven seasons of your show now? I mean, it, have you have you reflected on it at all? Yeah, I mean, right at the end, you know, we're filming episode 80, and when they would, you know, call out the the show, and that's episode 80, and it kind of hit us like, wow, it's 80 episodes of doing this and uh you know it's been it seems like we've been doing it forever and people think it's years and years but it's only just a few years and so uh it's it's went fast and slow you know it's just i mean the the pace of everything right now is certainly fast and with so many opportunities and uh the years go by faster but um yeah it's a it's an accomplishment i mean you know nowadays in television you not many of them last too long, so it's a pretty good honor to have that so many episodes. Yeah, you know, when it does last a long time or, or somebody does find success, there's always somebody out there who wants to nitpick something or take, try and take some shots at, at, you know, the show or the, the theme or anything else. Is there something that you wish everybody knew about the way you go about that show and, and why it's progressed along that 
perhaps hasn't been talked about before? Well, I don't know. I think we've, I think just about everything's been talked about with our show and us. And uh, so I've gotten, sadly, I've gotten pretty uh, grizzled about, uh, you know, people taking shots at it. But I think that, you know, even through 80 episodes and through everything else that we've done, I think we've still remained authentic to who we are. And so, you know, people that really know us and hang out with us, they, they know that, you know, nothing's changed. It's, you're obviously more well known now. And, you know, and you, you know, life is, better in some ways, but we're still the same family and do the same things. It's just in a bigger spotlight. And I, I think when you're that successful as we were, you know, with the most watched show in the history of cable, that obviously people are going to try to break it down and figure out what it is exactly. You'll have people who don't like it for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, and then people want to, you know, the media a lot of times will try to, you know, set you up to, <laughs> to go down because they want to cover that story. And so we're still going. And uh, you know, all the naysayers out there, um, you know, We've, we've been so successful, it's been so long. And I don't know how long it's going to last. Who knows? You know, every show will end at some point, and, um, you know, we'll go on to do other things. And so we've got certainly a lot of opportunities uh, out there to do other things. And so we're excited about the future. But right now, uh, you know, the numbers are, are still great. You know, as far as the cable show, it's still good and still typically does really well on Wednesday nights. So, um, so nothing's changed yet. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's still so much fun to watch each and every week. I guess we're going to find you in Shreveport here real soon. You've got your name on a college football bowl game nowadays. Yeah, man, we're excited about the uh, the Duck Commander Independence Bowl, and you know, being from Monroe, we've, you know, we've always, uh, you know, watched that game, and uh, it's exciting to actually be a part of it. And so it's starting to shape up now with the teams, and so uh, hopefully we get a couple of good teams at trial. And uh, I'd love to have some, you know, some teams from the South that uh, that we know love our show as well. And uh, it's going to be some neat things. We're going to do some cool things there that. Uh, you know, involved with the family, with us uh, being a part of that. So, uh, you know, we love college football, love every aspect. Obviously, Phil played, you know, at Louisiana Tech. So we have a love for football, and um, and it's fun to be a part of that, that bowl. You mentioned daughter Sadie's success on Dancing with the Stars. How was that from a dad's standpoint watching that process? Well, I was a nervous wreck. You know, at first I didn't know how she would do. We had no idea whether or not she could even dance, and um, – you know, after that first week, I was like, wow, she's actually pretty good at this. And then the more it went on, I thought, man, she may actually win this thing. And uh, it was fun just watching all the fans, you know, rally and support her and uh, watching her grow as a person. You know, at 17, that's just incredible to have that kind of opportunity and experience to be on such a big show with so many viewers. And uh, everybody was pulling for her. I swear the whole state, everybody I saw, everything became about Sadie. Uh, which was neat, so it's fun watching the, the torch being passed down to, to my kids, and, uh, and they're so talented, and uh, she did great. I thought she represented herself great. Again, she stayed authentic to who she was, and uh, she was able to be a bright light, I think, to a lot of people, and especially a lot of kids and young girls who, who, need that, who need, need, needed somebody to look up to, you know, that was real and, you know, that, that shared uh, a good faith and um, had a good message. So that's what we were most excited about. The proud papa look on your face is hard to get rid of when I, when I asked you about it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, she just she just blew us away, and so the hardest part was sitting there and not crying uh, during the during the show. So obviously they would pan over and catch me. But you know, as a dad, you're just proud to see your kids do well at anything, and to watch her just really take it and just own it. You know, go out there and just became more and more confident every week, and and something that she'd really never done. And uh, it was neat. You know, it was neat as a dad to watch yeah. that. Hey Willie, before I let you go, when I talked to Harry Connick, and he has to be out in Los Angeles to to work on his show and whatnot, he says. I drive people nuts out here when the Saints play and I have to watch from afar. What do you like when you have to watch your Saints play, not either at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome or here in person? <laughs> well, it was weird. I would watch in my hotel room, and, uh, you know, he's, he's probably like me. It's kind of hard to 
to go out and about uh, with a lot of people. So no, I'd watch it right there. And it was funny. I was I, I was in New York. I had to be in New York a couple of times because we're working on our musical that's going to start in the spring out in Vegas. So I had to be up there to work on that. And I would watch Dancing from the Stars from my hotel room, and because uh, I didn't really know where to go watch it, so I'd watch in my hotel room by myself and be excited and scream and throw th- stuff at the television, kind of like when I watch the Saints. So uh, so I get into it, but um, yeah, it's kind of. You know, when you look like this, it's hard to be out and about and travel because there's there's so many uh, you know people that want to talk to you. So uh, so you, so you cherish those times. You know, you want to you want to watch that stuff, and you know it's it's hard watching the Saints when you're around non-Saints fans. So uh, I'm experiencing that now in Pittsburgh. So it's fun to be in back in New Orleans when everybody's on the same page and uh, we all get excited. And even though it's been a tough year for New Orleans, I, I still th- I think they're way better than than what their record shows. And um, seeing that today, seeing them come out here and you know, play with some confidence and, uh, you know, still being on top of the division. It's a weird, it's a weird year, but, uh, you know, who knows? I, I'd, I'd hate to, you know, have to play these guys uh, as, as the games get bigger. Wait, just to, <laughs> wait a minute. You're not going to duck out of our interview here without going back to this Duck Dynasty musical. What's this all about? Oh, yeah, of course. That was <laughs> I the, didn't know. That was the next logical step for us was to go in the theatrical world and, uh now, actually, the you know, there's a group put together this show and uh, approached us uh, a year or two ago and uh, wanted to well, base it off Corey and I's book, The Duck Commander Family. And really, the story is just so incredible. It is, you know, from Phil and so much about redemption and just rags to riches and just a great American story. And uh, they put that the, they put that together in the theater, and it's just unbelievable. It'll blow you away. It's such a powerful message, and uh, we can't wait. I've seen... We're getting closer, you know. Um, we'll be at the Rio, uh, hopefully opening in March, and uh, the Rio Casino out in Las Vegas, and it should be a lot of fun. All That's right. the next thing. Yeah, no, we'll keep our eyes on that. Hey, I'm really glad I finally got to meet you. Appreciate the visit, and go Saints. All right, go Saints. Yep. All right, so as they say, uh, check your local listings for Duck Dynasty, which I think remains on Wednesday nights, and they're now, as we mentioned during the interview, in their seventh season now of Duck Dynasty, and the musical uh, to come perhaps, what, I think he said in the spring? Out in Las Vegas, <laughs> that I think it'll be well attended, don't you? Anyway, we'll get into more Saints uh, here in just a moment, but we'll turn our attention to the football side of the Saints as they get ready for the Panthers. We'll talk that after the break, and then a little bit later on, you want to stay with us for Basketball Hall of Famer Joe Dumars. At the Auctioneer Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. 
still to come on today's Black and Blue Report. Basketball Hall of Famer Joe Dumars will join us. First, though, a conversation here about this weekend's opponent for the New Orleans Saints. The Carolina Panthers roll into town for a divisional matchup at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and we're very grateful to have Brian Strickland, senior writer for Panthers.com, with us on this Tuesday. Hello, Brian. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm hoping you've thawed out from your visit to Minneapolis this past weekend. Yeah, the best I can. I tried to stay inside whenever possible. I uh, thought about getting a cab from the front door to the press box if that had been an option. Uh, but it was uh, it was pretty brutal for my uh, co-workers that had to spend the whole game on the field. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and unfortunately, another loss for the Carolina Panthers this past Sunday. And this uh, streak continues. Brian, I'm sure it has not been a real uh, pleasant mood around that football team here of late. Yeah, I mean, it's been a tough two months, really. I mean, uh, hard to uh, remember this at this point. This team started out two and zero, and since then it's been one eight and one. And of course, as you guys know, with the crazy NFC South, even with that record now totaling three eight one, it's the first time the Panthers have been more than a game out of first place all year. Um, so, you know, there's been reason for optimism even within the struggles, but. Uh, Obviously, even that took a step back with the loss in Minnesota. Yeah, no doubt. No wins since October the 5th now. Um, has it has a reality set in with the fan base? Or, as you mentioned, um, do they still hang on to something here with about a month to go? I think, I mean, there is still, there's still hope, I will say. Um, you know, Coach Rivera allowed himself leading up to the Minnesota game to call a big picture. He's very much your uh, one game at a time type of coach, but with the bye week, you know, he kind of said, hey, we're starting over. It's a five-game season. If we can win all five games, uh, you know, who knows what could happen in this crazy division. And, um, you know, I even thought, you know, hey, you win four out of five with the way the division's going. Who knows? But in that scenario, losing at Minnesota was not the loss I thought the team could absorb. And, uh, you know, now this week the talk has turned to, hey, we just got to win one game. We're not worried about the playoffs. We're not worried about – any of that um, and obviously you know fans are disgruntled disappointed just like people in the building are as well and uh, you know some are saying hey let's just kind of turn the page and look to next season but but you know as we said you know obviously if the Panthers can find a way to win in New Orleans this weekend all of that can change overnight and that happens a lot in this league yeah no doubt it can really pull them right back into the picture there's Certainly fact to that. Uh, Brian, another fact is the fact that the Panthers seemingly have played from behind so much this season. It's hard to win in this league when you're constantly trying to climb back into a game. Yeah, and I mean, Minnesota is a prime example of that just this past week. Uh, you know, you start out of the game, you get the ball first. Uh, you know, it turned out to be a great day for the running attack, actually, in a loss, the rushing attack. But went three and out to start with, then into that, that bitter wind up there, a short punt, kind of uncharacteristic for Brad Norton. He's had a great year, and the Vikings just have to travel, uh, drive 40 yards for a touchdown to take the lead. And obviously, that's going to kill the goodwill and the, and the positive feeling you had going in. And then just something that hasn't happened in the NFL since 20 years before the Panthers even existed, and that was two block punts returned for touchdowns in the same half. And, I mean, you know, all of a sudden you're down 21-3, even though you've dominated statistically every, you know, as far as uh, time of possession and yardage. Um, and, and how do you come back from that, especially with an offense that's been struggling like the Panthers have? Speaking of struggling offense, tell me about Cam Newton and what he's going through right now. I think, I think Coach Rivera tried yesterday to kind of squash the 
doubt of Newton's future in Carolina talk. Um, how did that go, and, and, and what are you reading into Cam's games these days? Yeah, I mean, it's been up and down for him, just like it has um, everybody else. Um, I mean, if you remember back again, we talked about the 2-0 and start. He did not play the first game of the season. And then there was a stretch there for, like, the first month that he did play where, I mean, there were some people talking about he was playing, like, a top-five NFL quarterback. Again, it seems like a distant memory at this point. And then, you know, kind of some of the things you talked about started happening. The team started getting behind. Uh, you know, they had one dimensional on offense. And, uh, pretty well documented as well that the problems in front of him this year. Uh, you know, there were questions about the offensive line even before the season, and then just a remarkable series of injuries. Uh, the Panthers started their step for the seventh consecutive week at Minnesota. They had a different starting five uh, on the offensive line, and you know, it's hard to get continuity behind a group like that that's that's trying to get its footing. And uh, you know, he's he's had his share of struggles. Um, he also rushed for 49 yards against the Vikings, has shown better mobility of recent, and uh, you know certainly still has some players that the Saints need to make sure they keep an eye on. Obviously, Kelvin Benjamin's had a great rookie season, and now uh, Philly Brown, an undrafted rookie out of Ohio State, has started to get more chances, and he's found the end zone two consecutive games. So, you know, still signs pointing toward positives, but just not enough positives right now. Yeah, great point about the offensive line, no doubt about that. Brian Strickland, senior writer from Panthers.com, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Brian's second meeting between the uh, Panthers and the Saints here this season coming up on Sunday. Uh, the Saints won there at Carolina, obviously, at 28-10. to 10. Uh, What carries over in your eyes from that first meeting, if anything, and what storylines do you kind of have your eyeball on for this weekend? Well, I mean, one thing that I, that I do remember from that game is you know, that was a game where the Panthers did not fall behind initially, and the defense was stout. Uh, boy, the Saints really finished the half strong. I believe two touchdowns in the last, what, four minutes, I believe, though, to go into halftime 14 nothing, and then the Saints got rolling some in the second half. Uh, for me, you know, the big the big thing that the Panthers uh, need to do this time that they didn't do in that game and that they haven't done, you know, during the streak is uh, take advantage of the opportunities the offense gets. Uh, it happened again Sunday in Minnesota where, you know, I mentioned it was 21-3. Well, part of that was because of another short field goal and then another short field goal before halftime. The red zone uh, has been a big problem area for this team. It seems like it's almost become uh, mental at this point where they're just lacking confidence when they get close to it. And obviously when you're playing a team like the Saints, they can put up points like they can. You can't settle for three. They've got, got to get the ball in the end zone. Brian, uh, we've dialed up some great weather for your visit this weekend. I hope that you have safe travels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, I'm looking forward to, uh, to to being down there. I always enjoy that trip every year. Yep, great information. Enjoyed our visit very much. I appreciate you coming on with us today. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a you, good day. You too. Brian Strickland from Panthers.com here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Basketball Hall of Famer Joe Dumars jumps in with us next. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarain's has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarain's has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarain's, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm -hmm. 
All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back here to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Pelicans and Saints fans. It's been a very interesting show today, and it gets even better as we welcome in Joe Dumars for the first time here on the Black and Blue Report. He's yours. He's also a Louisiana legend and a pro basketball Hall of Famer. What an honor, Joe, to have you today. I appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you, Sean. Happy to be on with you guys. I got to meet you uh, for the first time. I'm just sharing this with our listeners. Uh, Just this past Sunday at uh, Heinz Field of all places for the uh, Saints and Steelers game. And, uh, Joe, uh, I'm so pleased that you were able to bring the Saints a win on Sunday in Pittsburgh. It was a much-needed win. It was a much-needed win. Lifelong Saints fan. Um, You know, three tough home losses. Um, And... um, Man, it was just a great road win. Great to be there with all the guys. Uh, I enjoyed it. It, it, was, it was it was a great Sunday. Do you watch NFL games strictly as a fan, Joe, or do you find yourself watching it in a different way because you've been an executive in Major League Sports and, of course, you're a Hall of Famer and a player? You know, a little bit of both. Uh, with, with the Saints, it's, it's, uh, it's as a fan uh, because that's what, I, what I've always been my entire life. Uh, as a fan of the Saints. Uh, but also, you know, it's interesting to watch how teams are built, uh, what kind of culture they build, uh, the environment. You know, I pay attention to all of that. Um, so it's a, probably a little bit of both, Sean. But with the Saints more than any other team, it's, it's probably fan first uh, before anything else. And as you mentioned, you can't quite get the Saints out of your blood. And I know that you've lived in <laughs> Michigan now for nearly three decades, but – you know, with with such roots in Louisiana, how often are you able to get back? How often do you follow what's going on down here in the South? I follow uh, quite a bit. Um, I've been living here for a long time, uh, in Michigan, for 29 years. Um, but I follow what's going on in Louisiana quite a bit. I have uh, a brother who's a coach uh, at McNeese uh, down in Lake Charles. My mom still lives in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Uh, I have a brother who lives in Natchitoches. I have a lot of relatives uh, in New Orleans. So um, I follow quite a bit what's going on in Louisiana as much as I can. You made your name of, obviously, at McNeese. And, you know, when I think about basketball in our state right now, of course there there is a sprinkling of players across the NBA that are from Louisiana. But yet all we ever hear about, Joe, is all the NFL talent that comes out of Louisiana. What about basketball and where you think amateur basketball is in Louisiana right now? I think it's, uh, I really do think it's uh, starting to pick up more and more. You know, obviously Louisiana has always been and probably always will be a football state. Uh, but the basketball players that have come out of Louisiana have really made a mark. I'm proud of all of those guys, uh, the younger guys who've come behind, uh, myself, uh, guys like Paul Malone who came out uh, with me at the same time. Uh, but the guys who've come behind us, Sean, they've done a great job, man, and uh, I'm, I'm proud of those guys. Of course, Joe Dumars for a long time after his uh, long playing career. 
and Hall of Fame career at that, and became the president of basketball operations for the Detroit Pistons. He's now moved into another role as executive advisor to the ownership of the Pistons. So with that in mind, Joe, I, I will uh, ask these questions, but also will appreciate your angle that you have to answer them with. Uh, there's been some talk recently about maybe realignment in the two conferences across the NBA. And, uh, of course, New Orleans is involved in that conversation. And as it turns out, Mark Cuban throws Detroit's name in there, too, as possible swaps from east to west. Um, what would be your take, if you can even comment on it, um, about moving teams around east to west? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that would work. Um, I would imagine it's, uh, it's something that the league uh, would probably look at, Sean. But uh, I, I just think uh, that that would take a lot of thought. Uh, I think that would take uh, a lot of consultation with all these different teams. Uh, I don't think it's a simple move, but I think it's something that I, I guarantee you the league is probably looking at, Sean. Is, is the conversation fair about the leverage that the West has versus the East right now? Is it, is it overbearing because I'm in the Western Conference and I hear a lot of it, or is it somewhat valid right now? Well, I, but I also think it's, it's, it, it runs in cycles, Sean. Mm-hmm. I, I think there was a time that uh, the East, um, you know, with Boston, with Chicago, with Detroit, you know, during that era, you know, those, those teams were winning championships, you know, year after year after year. And so I just think that sometimes these things go in cycles. Uh, clearly the West, you know, has a lot of strong teams now. And I can understand uh, the teams out West, how they feel. I really do. I understand how they feel. But I also think it goes in cycles as well. Joe, I was talking to David Wesley this morning, and I know you know David. Um, yeah. And we were talking about you and, and that backcourt that featured you and Isaiah and really the guards from the 80s and the 90s and how you were all able to play the game and how guards have to uh, go about defending guys in this era. Um, can you help us gain some perspective on what it's like right now for guards trying to defend these superstars on the perimeter as it pertains to the difference between when you and David played, and this would be the beginning of David's career, to what we see now? Yeah, I think I, I just think that um, I, mean, I have a lot of respect for uh, a lot of these young players now that I see. Um, I, I think these guys are, are fantastic. I think the guard play uh, is critical in the NBA, as it's always has been. And I think uh, when you have exceptional guard play, you know it really does give you a chance to win. And that's not to diminish. Uh, the forwards and the bigs, but you really need someone that's going to be the quarterback of your team um, if you're going to if you're going to make a mark in this league. And I just think that that's a critical position. Uh, it has been, it was in the '80s and '90s, and now in the 2000s, it's uh, it's just as critical as it's always been. But have we gotten away from physicality? Is freedom of movement kind of gone overboard now with regards to defending guys? Well, it's it's you, you certainly have a lot more freedom now than you did in the past. It was uh, it was uh, a, a lot more physical, and I understand taking some of the physicality out of the game, um, but I don't, you know, I don't I don't think it, it it hurts the game if you can be a little bit more physical. I mean, I, uh, the ability to just move and not be touched at all is is, is a little bit much, but I understand wanting you know freedom of movement, John. Um, but I just think you have to be careful with, with, with doing a little bit too much of it. Yeah. Um, 
I would imagine that if I asked a lot of guys that played against you that you probably left a few bruises on them over the years. Um, when you think back, though, who are some guys that maybe put some licks on you pretty good? Uh, <laughs> you know, Sean, it was it, that particular era. Yeah. You know, that was that was happening every night. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there, there were guys uh, in Milwaukee. Uh, they had just some really physical guys. Um, uh Man, Sidney Moncrief and, and those guys who were a little older than I was, uh, these guys were really physical. Um, you, you had guys like uh, Mitch Richmond who played for Sacramento, really physical guard. Um, I mean, just, I mean, it, it was, you know, night in and night out, you ran into a lot of big, strong physical guards. And uh, those are just a couple of guys I can name right there. But, you know, it's a lot of guys uh, that were very physical at, during that time. Hall of Famer Joe Dumars with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, Joe, while we're talking about cross-generational play, or at least comparing different eras, uh, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about Anthony Davis and what he has become here in just his third season. Um, because you've been a part of the game for so long, and I'm too close to it to probably appreciate it, but can you help us put into perspective perhaps what Davis is doing here early this season as it pertains to the history of our game? Yeah, I think he's playing exceptional basketball. I think he's he's taking this game to the next level, um, and I think he's clearly uh, put himself in rarefied air, just in terms of what he's doing right now. Just a special young player. As far as the season goes, and I know we're you know in the case of New Orleans, it's only 15 games in, and I know Detroit's right about the same mark and whatnot. What have you noticed? What are some of the things that have jumped out for you early in this season across the league? I think there's more parity now. I think there, 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 there are more teams that have, um, have kind of leaped into the uh, conversation of playoff basketball. Um, and I think that's what you're starting to see a little bit more now. And I think because of uh, free agency, guys moving around, uh, I think teams are making a jump now. And um, I think it's just spreading out a little bit more, Sean, where you have more teams uh, that you have to gear up to play for. And I, I think parity is – it's always good. I, I think it's it's great for the league. I think it's great for fans. Uh, I think it's 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 what makes it interesting when you can turn on the television, Sean, and in any particular night you can catch a great game. I, I think that's great for the league. Twenty nine years in Michigan, Joe. Are you able to get any good Louisiana cooking at all up there? <laughs> My wife is from Lake Charles as well, so uh, <laughs> we get it here, and we. Uh, yeah, we get we get we get. I got friends who live in New Orleans. My college roommate uh, lives in Chalmette, and uh, you know he sends me crawfish. He, he freezes crawfish and sends them up to me. And so uh, between family and friends, I, I, I get uh, I get enough stuff sent up here that it's uh, it's still great for me and my wife. I had a feeling you had a uh, you had a uh, a solution to the problem as you always <laughs> do. <laughs> Hey, Joe, I appreciate the minutes you spent with us this morning. Real treat. Again, I enjoyed meeting you on Sunday. Um, continue success with your career, obviously, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you down the road. Thank you, Sean. Thanks so much, man. You bet. Joe Dumars with us here on the Black and Blue Report. What a great visit. We'll continue here on the program this Tuesday in just a moment. all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. 
It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Tuesday, December 2nd at 7 p.m. when the Oklahoma City Thunder come to town. Plus, the first 5,000 fans receive a free Eric Gordon poster. The Pelicans Fest pregame blog party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, and a whole lot more. Tickets start as low as $24. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Tomorrow will be the Wednesday edition, obviously, on the Black and Blue Report. We'll recap tonight's Pelicans Thunder game. We'll also get you set with regard to fantasy football, as we do each and every Wednesday. Jake Seeley will visit with Daniel Salerson tomorrow. Jake, uh, of course, from rotoexperts.com. Tomorrow will also be a Wesley Wednesday, so David will help us break down uh, tonight's basketball game and the upcoming road trip for the Pelicans. What a day weather-wise. Hopefully a great day here at Smoothie King Center later tonight and a fun day on Black and Blue Report. Our thanks to our special group of guests today, uh, Brian Strickland from Panthers.com, Willie Robertson from Duck Commander and Duck Dynasty, and, of course, Basketball Hall of Famer Joe Dumars. Thanks to you, as always, for following your two teams here in New Orleans and the Greater Gulf South, the New Orleans Pelicans and the New Orleans Saints. Television coverage tonight starts at 6.30 with pregame action on Fox Sports New Orleans. Radio coverage begins at 7 on the Pelicans Radio Network. We'll see you tonight on the radio. Otherwise, right back here tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.